Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX, our friends at ThorMX, the gear of choice for Ryan Villapoto, among others, as well as BTOsports.com. You can save by listening to the damn commercials. Don't fast forward. And uh, you can save money at BTOsports.com. RacerX podcast, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line, a fellow Canadian. And uh, guess what else we have in common, Andy Bell? What else? Do we both love Tim Ferry? Uh, no, but there's another one. Good one. Uh, the other one, we are both ex racer X Canada columnists. Uh, yes, we are. We're going, we're really digging deep here. I know. Hey, uh, that, well, that's like a hundred years ago. I know. And, and who knows? You probably didn't even write yours. Oh, hell yeah, I did. Uh, I, okay. I, I'm very, uh, I, I'm educated. All right. Fantastic. Well, you may, uh, Andy's done everything in the industry, uh, from racing and riding to freestyle to uh, working at Ogil for years to being a member of the Nitro Circus. To what are you doing now, Andy? Tell uh, tell us what you're doing now because honestly, I ran into you at Trans World offices, you know, two years ago now, and I said to you, "What are you doing now?" And you sort of explained it, and I didn't even know. I, I still don't understand. <laughs> so, what are you doing now? <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're we're going fast forward to right now. So um, now that I'm old and getting to be a little tubby like you, and I uh, decided that killing myself for a living um, with the kids is probably a bad idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually started a production, a video production company, about I guess 16 months ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're creating real high-end video content for. Um, people like Toyota. We're doing TV commercials for people like Toyota. We're doing stuff for Dodge, um, stuff for Panasonic. We're producing the On Pace with Pastrana series for Red Bull, which is reality series on my little buddy, Travis Pastrana. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing, uh, we just did a big project for BMW motorcycles. So all oh, sorts sweet. of different yep. um, clients, but um, yeah, we're keeping stuff real, real high end. Um, and um yeah it it's fun i guess for for me i was part, i've been part of production for the last 10 years through nitro circus and all the other stuff yeah. that i've done and i kind of always watched what was going on on the production level and pretty much realized that most production companies have no idea what is going on <laughs> and so i finally decided when i when i kind of had to, when i just struck out on my own to figure out what i was going to do when i grew up i'm like well I can be the guy that doesn't have a clue what's going on. I can like do that. that. <laughs> I, I can be that guy. So, um, yeah, I just basically said, hey, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. um, it's actually been the best decision of my life. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, so one of. One, one, one is- of. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, been, it's been amazing. I've got to work with a lot of old friends. Um, you know, Travis being one of them. 
Um, lots of friends I met over between when I worked at OGO and we were a sponsor of the Supercross tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to meet a lot of people from Toyota and Saatchi and Saatchi and a bunch of other sponsors and same as the Dew Tour. So, you know, I've been able to keep those relationships alive and um, so do you... work, work with a lot of really cool people. So do you come up with the ideas? Are you are you coming up with an idea like, hey, uh, I can want to feature Travis. I want to uh, feature uh, BMW's new motorcycle in this manner. I want to do this. And you pitch it to these guys or are they coming to you saying – we want you um, to produce our it, our uh, promo film, our video, or whatever. Well, you know, it's about um, it, it's a split. It's I don't know if it's a fifty fifty, oh, but okay. you know, sometimes we'll come up. Sometimes we'll come up with an idea, or I'll come up with an idea or, um, at the office, and then we're like, "Hey, this really fits for this company. Let's go pitch it to them." Mm-hmm. And and we've done that multiple times with Toyota, and and Mofi is another one of our big clients. Um, same with Red Bull. And then other times they'll come to us and say, oh, we've got a crazy helicopter going over here. I live oh. in the ghetto in Long Beach, so oh, no, yeah, it's yeah. a ghetto bird. Don't even, don't even worry about it. <laughs> if the spotlight, <laughs> but yeah, if the spotlight comes down on you, yeah. get ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be running. But, yeah, so and then other times they'll come to us and say, hey, we, you know, we'll get a call from an ad agency from somewhere, and they'll be like, hey, we've seen your stuff. We'd love you to do this project for mm-hmm. us. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it, it's a mix, but yeah. it's really been a lot of fun and a big learning curve. But um, I can say that I'm pretty proud of what, what we've accomplished here in 16 months. Um, do you have anything, anywhere anyone can go to see your handiwork? Where can Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mike, I named my company appropriately <laughs> Sweatpants Media. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. So. As uh, a lot of people ask, and uh, I think one of the biggest reasons is I do work in my sweatpants uh, a lot, <laughs> and we're kind of we're we're kind of casual and relaxed, but we let our work speak for ourselves. So yeah, sweatpantsmedia.com. dot com. Okay. Um, pretty much everything's on there, from all the the Pastrana web series to um, all our commercials, all our different stuff. So yeah, lot, lots of stuff going on with it, and and lots more to come. Right, right. Oh, sounds cool. Uh, sounds interesting, and. So do you you have a staff or do you hire independent yeah. filmmaker guys? Yeah, well, or? we we've got a we've got a staff of mm-hmm. probably it's around twelve people right now. Wow. Um, so we've grown very quickly. You'd be a great boss. And, you would be a great boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm a bad boss because I'm way too nice. Oh, okay. I'm way too. I I put up with way too much crap when I when I shouldn't. <laughs> but I'm like, oh yeah, don't even worry about that deadline. We'll just get it next time. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> so, that's okay. You got a mound of coke in your desk drawer. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, don't even worry about. It. Uh, come on, being Canadian, you know, just beer. Right, right. Yeah, that, 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 that that's what I live on. It just beer. Good point. But yeah, I'm, I, unfortunately, um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely trying to learn to be you know, a business owner and a boss and all the fun stuff that goes with it. And we've, dealing with, like I said, these multi-billion dollar companies as our clients a lot of the times. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty funny because I've got this huge mullet still because we can get into that later because Don Pastrana hasn't won a race yet. So I, I look like a crazy <laughs> homeless man. Right. And I'm having these meetings with these big Japanese VPs of marketing and stuff from Toyota or from Panasonic. And, and they're like looking at me like, God, this guy, he right. has to be good. He's got a weird name for his company, and he looks like shit. And so. he's got sweatpants on. <laughs> he's got sweatpants on right now. <laughs> and he's wearing sweatpants in our office, and we're all in suits. So he's got to be good. So I think it right. actually almost plays in my yeah. favor. Too. Look how, look how cocky and confident he is. 
<laughs> they don't know I'm just drunk. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, definitely the the video stuff is blowing up, you know, everywhere on the web, and things are easier and easier to watch on your on your computer and on your phone and stuff like that. So, um, knowing what you yeah, know, we, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, we've got we found a great little kind of spot to be, and mm-hmm. and the the viral content is, you know, you've been doing this yeah. for a long time, and you've been actually creating stuff. Um, the society we're living in, everyone expects to know right now what's going on. They don't want to wait a week or a mm-hmm. day or a month for everything to come out because you know it's breaking instantly on Twitter yeah. or Instagram. No one cares if a if a TV broadcast comes out in a month or something. I mean, they want to yeah. see it now, which it's kind of crazy trying to figure out how to do it quick and right. Yeah. But, you know, it also makes it fun. Yeah, I've done some videos of my own, like little productions where, you know, Jason Thomas would be staged or we were doing stuff uh, for, I've done some stuff for VTO and Maxima. Uh, it's it's hard, man. You really got to like, okay, what, I need all this footage because when we're done, I need to go back and edit and cut it. So let's film that anyways and let's film this in case we need this. It's it's a lot to know, and I guess the question that this leads me to my question, you've been in front of the camera for so long, and like you said, you always paid attention to it, but what, what's been the biggest thing you've learned from being in front of the camera that helps you now? Well, I think um, just like, well, number one, if you're working with Jason Thomas, you definitely got to be carrying that phone book around for him to stand on. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. that's always one more thing to add. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think it's the same thing. Sorry, Jason. I I think it's the same thing as when a rider becomes a team manager mm-hmm. at a team. It's kind of like I've been the very, very loose air quotes here, talent, which is in front of the camera. <laughs> very, very loose. Um, so you kind of understand what pissed you off about the way the production was running ah, something okay. right, or right. the way they were shooting something or the way that it ended up in the edit you're like well i know this happened and they totally missed it here which is kind of the same as as being a rider and becoming that team manager you you've been on both sides so i think it really helps me make a lot of the decisions that that get made um you know within the company and don't i mean i can't say that we don't screw up occasionally of course maybe even a lot but um <laughs> it's a learning process and the end in the end we're definitely really proud of kind of how far we've mm-hmm. come in the last little bit so basically the the nitro thing that that uh you were an accomplished racer i by the way i was scanning some results um geez i don't even know where it was it was some old i don't think it was an, it wasn't a race racer canada maybe it was a cycle news or something Anyways, good, oh, good job on, like, Alder Grove 1990. <laughs> I think you were third or fourth in the 125 Pro class. So, yeah, that sounds about it. That's, that's about kind of where I yeah, sat. Good job I on that. I, I think Dick I, beat I, you, I, Martins I, beat you, and then I think it was you and Freeze or you and uh, DeVries. One of the yeah, two. Yeah. yeah, it was one of those things that my racing career, I I guess I had more talent than drive. Um <laughs> I never would have been a champion because I don't. I think that being a champion is just a whole other level that I don't possess myself. <laughs> you don't have. Um, well, it's just it, it's crazy that yeah. so many people they look in on our sport and and any sport and they're like, oh, if I had that guy's talent, I could be a champion. Well, I you know, as you know, there's so many naysayers on the internet and so many armchair quarterbacks or whatever that. Yeah. But being, I have 
many friends that are champions, and they have a different mindset. Yeah, you're. I mean, they just have a different mindset. I don't. I don't possess that. And so, I guess my racing career, I you know, I'd go to nationals, and I wouldn't have ridden my bike or washed my bike in between the races. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Right. And then I always like to go maybe have a few beers the night before and maybe party a little hard. Yeah. And, and guys like Blair Morgan and, and Brett DeVries and those guys, Alan Dick, they were always kind of like looking at me like, Bell, like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> and then I, I could run top 10, but, you know, top 10 in Canada isn't saying much, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no. it, it, it's not all that awesome. But, you know, it was fun and it kind of led me on to, led me on to bigger and better things. And I was actually good at freestyle because – you only had to ride for two minutes, and you just had to show off. Yeah. And uh, I was pretty good at that. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the partying lifestyle definitely led into freestyle. Did you um, – you're not doing the nitro stuff in front of the camera. And you said earlier you're getting old and, you know, you're, you're, you're getting tubby. But for real, like, did it – did the risk start just outweighing the rewards where you were like – you know what? I don't want to go down those stairs in a toboggan anymore. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, was that I, really it? You were just like, I, I, yeah, I can get seriously. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it just came to a point, and you know, everyone always kind of asks or hits up my Facebook or Twitter or anything like, why? Why aren't you doing nitro anymore? Like, I mean, there's I've heard some crazy rumors like Travis fired Andy, and they're not friends anymore. And like, I don't even know. Who, who knows what people think? But right. you know, at the end just became exactly that. I mean, I've got. I've got a wife and a 10-month-old daughter, and I'm 37 years old, and I've been, for lack of a better term, hucking my meat um, because I didn't have quite, I, I didn't have the skills of a, a McGrath or Carmichael or K-Dub or those guys on a motorcycle, but for some reason I maybe had the right size balls, so I could, um, <laughs> I, I was never scared to huck it, and I somehow made a living out of that and found a kind of little niche there with, so Travis and Jolene and our and Rona and our little crew of friends. Um, but there is a time when you start to realize that you're not healing as fast and okay. that yeah. last time you broke this bone or that bone and it, that it's still messed up. And, you know, it just, okay. I want to be able to walk. I want to, I have too many friends, unfortunately, as you do too in this sport that, that are paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, way too many. And it's scary. It really, I mean, it never really stopped me when I was younger. I was like, oh, well, that's just, you right. know, it's the price you pay. Some of us pay. But, you know, as you get older and see a guy, you know, see guys like Doug Henry and Blair Morgan at the very end of illustrious careers. Right. And right. both were guys, you know, I, was, I know Blair super well and Doug decently. And, and you know, it's, that's scary shit. Dude, that was Blair's and last race. That was Blair's. It was Blair's final last race. race. Exactly, and, 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 and wow. you know what? I, I I raced Blair since we were like sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's always better than me, but you know, we're. I let him lap me a few times, and uh... there's um there's a video on YouTube, Andy, um, on Pulpamex YouTube channel. Uh, you might want to check it out. It's from 1988. It's from Saskatoon, and it's me putting a beat down on Blair on 80s. Really? Yeah. So you just, I, I might, I'll send you the link. Um, send me, send me the link. I, yeah. I, I'd like to watch it. I, I just wanted to see Mathis when he was skinny. Were um, you skinny in '88? Uh, yeah, but I was still huge on the '80. You'll see. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I was. <laughs> no, uh, I'll, I'll totally watch it. That's awesome. Um, okay, so that's really yeah. it. Like that. That was it. That you just didn't want to get just, hurt anymore. 
It, it, it's just not like, I, I mean, I'll say it, it's not like it was just like this big thing, like, oh, okay, I'm done getting hurt. It just, the the, the reward stopped right, outweighing right. the risks, and we did it. I mean, that's the crazy thing is everyone thinks, oh, Nitro Circus, MTV, all these DVDs, you guys are rich, and you don't need to work anymore. And the crazy thing is that none of us made shit, and you don't make, the MTV salaries are horrendous. Yeah, we got no money off any of the DVDs over all those years, so you know most yep. of us were just doing it for well, fun. Which I mean, which is awesome when you're young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, but it definitely becomes a point where you're like, okay, I'm really gonna do this and crash my brains out. Probably have to get surgery <laughs> after this. I'm not getting any money, and the producers are getting paid nicely, and everyone around us. Is getting paid, and we're not getting paid anything. Yeah, this is done. You know, it just becomes a time yep. when you know, and there'll be a hundred other kids that come through just like we were, and right. they'll they'll go off and huck their meat, and some will get hurt, and some won't, and and then at one point they'll be like, you know what, it's probably not worth it anymore, and then a new round of kids will come through. So, you know, it, it was amazing. We had the best time, made lifelong friends, and we're still. I mean, Jolene slept. She came by my house yesterday, and she slept on her couch last night at my house here. And she's limping down to go see Doctor G right now because mm-hmm. she fractured her ankle the last enduro cross. And so you know, we're all yeah. great friends, and we still all hang out. But well, you know, we're all getting up, we're all getting up there. You 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 say no one made money, but I think Greg Godfrey, Jeremy Rawl, and Travis probably did well. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. T- t- yeah. I mean, I don't want to. You know, there's always. Uh, I, I could take yeah. Travis out of that equation for for that stuff, but I mean, okay. Travis does really well from everything other else. Stuff. Right. Right. But no. But, no. The, yeah. I mean, there, Nitro is definitely paying someone, just maybe not us. It, it, I'll it, leave it at that. <laughs> no. There's always. Hey, listen. There's always. Uh, that's an old story. You know what I mean? Of uh, yeah. TV stars or or sitcom people or, or reality show people. Um. That's a that's yeah. an old story. That the dudes who invent, who produce it. Are indeed getting some good money, and the talent just isn't. It's it's not yeah, it's yeah. not, not new to it, Nitro it, Circus. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy that people honestly. When I kind of backed out of doing the Nitro stuff and what, and just decided, hey, this isn't really worth it. And then I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And for for a little bit, I was like, okay, I'm kind of going to go the stunt, you know, Hollywood stuntman way. Yeah, yeah. Um, people were like not really even believing that I wanted to work. <laughs> They're like, well, you're a TV star. You're a millionaire. Why would you want to work? I'm like, you, <laughs> um, I need to pay my mortgage. I need to, is, is, but, but the perception yeah. just because yeah. you're on TV mm-hmm. is that you're yeah. making a lot of money. And honestly, on Nitro Circus, even on the TV show, the cameramen were making the same money as us. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the sound yeah. guy, the the sound guy holding the boom was making about the same day rate as us. So, so was it um, uh, was it ugly at the end? Did you try to like you know it's like the, the this is a far off example, but the cast of Friends uniting to get massive pay raises? Um, did you try that? Was it ugly, or did you just say, "Hey, this yeah. I'm just never going to be the guy. I got to go." Yeah, it, it it got it got a little ugly for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. And then yeah, I'm not trying to like you know, dig it but, up. I just no, no, yeah. no. It's so it, it's totally fine. I mean, everyone always asks, so I'm I'm totally open to say it. Just it got ugly for a bit, and it was one of those things that unfortunately didn't seem like there was any loyalty from the production side to the people that have been 
hurting themselves for the, the core people <laughs> literally hurting themselves literally hurting years. themselves literally hurting themselves <laughs> yeah like you know i mean i i had five or six surgeries over nitro circus stunts yeah um travis travis had three in one season of the tv show yeah. jolene had a couple i mean you know it's like legit stuff it's not like ooh, i got a strained no, no, finger yeah. or something yeah. and so yeah it, it but unfortunately in the end I a lot a lot of the other cast they weren't really able there there wasn't other stuff maybe that they could go uh, I see yeah make money doing right away and right. I have always kind of just figured like hey I can always figure it out right so I'm like hey I'm gonna go figure it out I have no you know there's yeah. no issue with me if you guys want to keep on doing this and right, right. and whatever so you know what it's just it, it it's it's a crazy world but I can say that. I made the right choice. Well, you know, one thousand percent. And you know, and also too, a lot of the stuff you're doing now, you wouldn't have had without the nitro work. A hundred percent. I right. mean, I'm I I had a great. I mean, I met some amazing people by doing the TV show, like Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine, and all the the Dick House people and all the Jackass people. They're mm-hmm. they're close friends of mine now, yeah. and I got a lot of notoriety from being on TV and, and doing what I was doing. So that opened a lot of doors. I learned a lot of stuff and a lot of great people. So, I mean, there's no hard feelings yeah. back that direction at all. I'm thankful for the opportunity. It yeah. just, you know, it yeah. has to end at some oh, point sure. if you want to, you know, for me and, and, and for everyone, it'll have to end at some point. Yeah, you know, I was a mechanic. I started as a mechanic and, and I was making $300 a week and I hated it. And there was people who stiffed me along the way, but I would have never became a factory mechanic without those $300 a week jobs. You know, it's just... Right. One of those things. Um, uh, so okay. So the the did did the job at OGO come before the freestyle stuff, or did you sort of stop doing freestyle to get the job with OGO, or did that get you the job with OGO? How did yeah, that kind of come yeah, together? I mean, the the real short version is I somehow met the OGO guys. Mm-hmm. I think through God. I think through Godfrey in Salt Lake at a at one of his old events. And I became the first athlete they ever sponsored. And they were like, they wanted to get into action sports and motocross. Mm -hmm. And then, so I helped them. Then I introduced them to like Nate Adams, Kenny Bartram, Strana, Mike Jones, a couple of guys, you know, top guys. And then they kind of always were like, hey, you should work for us. You should work for us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm a superstar dirt biker. Why would I want a job? (laughs) And then. (laughs) I'm racing Canadian moto. Yeah, exactly. And, and then um, we were filming one of Godfrey's movies, Global Addiction, down in the sand dunes. And um, and I still remember to this day, Travis and I were ripping through the sand dunes, mm-hmm. and we were filming from a helicopter. And um, I ended up at the end of this long scene. I, I kind of low-sided and um, ended up compound fracturing my tib and fib. Oh. Um, actually re-compounding it. I had compounded it three months before. Yeah. Um, and then I wasn't supposed to be riding yet. Right. And of course I still had this crazy hole in my leg. It was crazy infected. <laughs> I just, I had duct taped it all up. Um, that seems really safe. So that I yeah. Could, yeah. 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 I duct taped this, my leg together to go film this movie. And, and of course I crash and recompound fracture it, had to take a helicopter. It's bleeding all over the place. I had to <laughs> go to, um, get helicopter to, the um the hospital but right before i got a helicopter the guy from ojo was like hey how about that desk job now and i was like 
I'm in. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. And that, that was it. Then I took the job with OGO and kind of launched their – they brought me in to launch their action sports kind of division, I guess. So did they not uh, have gear bags and all that stuff before you – No. Oh. No, they didn't. They, they, they didn't have gear bags. They didn't have anything. They were golf bags. They Andy, were golf bags and backpacks. Did you invent the 9800? I, I didn't invent it. Um, I helped work with the, the designers and the owner because he's like, hey, we want to be in right. motorcycles and, and stuff. And I'm like, well, gear bags are awesome, you know, mm-hmm. like, but no one really pays attention to them. So they, you know, I can't take any credit for that. But we definitely, the, the first one they came out with, I still remember, it still actually may be a Godfrey's house. It was a 15000 so the 9800 re- <laughs> refers to, like, the cubic inches yeah, it'll yeah. hold, like, inside. <laughs> so it was, like, another – it was so big. Like, like it, it was crazy. So I'm like, yeah, that's a little big. <laughs> so, But it was a really – it was really cool to kind of be, wow. be at the start of that. And, and yeah, I mean, I want to – I look back to, like, the kids I used to sponsor, and, I mean – you know, I think the first kid we ever sponsored was Casey Hinson. I don't know if you remember yeah, Casey yeah, Hinson. Yeah, yeah. And then and then, you know, I sponsored Millsaps, Villapoto, um, you know, like Josh Lichtel and um Brian Johnson. Was and that, like all these kids that were like eleven years old. Was that you just going <laughs> to Loretta's and stuff and trying to get Yeah, yeah. Up? We used to yeah, do yeah. we used to set up we used to set up at, at Loretta's and then like all these then after mini after World Mini I, Malcolm McCassie and I would always put together a trip where, like, Kyle Cunningham, Josh Lickdale, Bradley Graham, um, Hunter Hewitt, a bunch of those kids would come back to my house in Utah mm-hmm. and stay, and then we'd go, I'd take them snowboarding for a week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they love- And so, like, all those kids were, like, staying in my house and just being little hellions kind of running around <laughs> and, like, it, it, it was pretty – there were pretty fun days back then. Well, and, like, you know, not all because of you, but I imagine the they sold a shit ton of gear bags. And, yeah. And that yeah. became a it's, huge, uh, I would think, profit deal for OGO, and you were right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was cool. It, it was really cool to kind of be – you know, I'll tell you, when I first got hired by OGO, I was like – I was kind of embarrassed. Because, like, you know, I had my friends working for, like, Red Bull yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, Fox like, cool whatever, companies, right. like, yeah. Kicker or, <laughs> you know, Spy or Smith or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I'm like, I work for a bag. I was honestly a little bit embarrassed. And then, um, I'm like, this is really lame. And then um, I was amazed by, like, guys like McGrath and Grant Langston and Chad Reed and Travis and all these guys that were, like, and Wyndham, like Wyndham, even I, I honestly think he told me at one point, he's like, I'm going to build a room in my new house for all my OGO bags. Cause he was like, so him and Langston were so into bags. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty, it, it was pretty <laughs> crazy. And then these guys were so pumped. I was like, holy shit, this is actually kind of cool. Some good, uh, good like, marketing. Yeah. Very good marketing for a gear bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, yeah. It, it, well, we did, I, I just got I, OGO actually, which was kind of crazy. Cause they're uh, you know, a Mormon company, mm-hmm. and then you have me, like the anti-Mormon, the <laughs> yeah. anti-everything, whatever, the Canadian, yeah. who is running around doing ridiculous stuff all the time, sometimes naked, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. and you know they let, but they gave me the leeway to do some really cool stuff, and we had, you know, I had like fifty races at the warehouse, uh-huh. like through our whole warehouse, jumping in our loading dock over our conveyor belts, <laughs> had like this crazy track in the back. I saw that. I remember um, that. I went there, yeah. You, 
you know, we, we had so much crazy, but they really kind of let me do that, which, you know, in those days is before a lot of people were doing a lot of that cool stuff corporately. Mm-hmm. So it, it really helped, I guess, build yeah. our following. Right, right. And, and I imagine that you made pretty good money yourself. Like, you know, you were growing a, a growing end yeah. of OGO. Yeah, I mean, so they you were, know what? I, yeah. start, I started at the bottom. I started in right. 2002 as a team manager. Um, you know, and it, within two and a half years, I've made it all the way to, to be a vice president of a $50 million company. So yeah. I worked wow. my ass off and they recognized it and moved me up the ladder. And it, it was definitely a little funny because, you know, I'm definitely not corporate. You would have never thought I'd be a corporate no. guy. And, no. and everyone else within the, there was like five, there's the CEO, the president and two other vice presidents and then me and the Four, the other five of them were very Mormon, all like Wharton School of Business, master's degree kind of guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's me who dropped out of college after three weeks because I wanted to go to Cabo with, you know, yeah. the surfing or something <laughs> and drink beer. And as a professional athlete, known for partying and whatever. And so it was, it was funny, but, you know, I definitely, my, my work is serious. My, my outside of work is maybe fun loving and whatever but um mm-hmm. i get serious about work uh, yeah yeah uh, did you get a lot of blowback from fox and these guys with gear bags already was it always a constant battle it, it, you know what i the cool thing was is i slid under the radar most of the time mm-hmm. and it, and you know we had a little bit with fox with with um both ricky and james um they kind of like at, at one point Fox kind of said no. They started writing gear bags into their contracts because of oh, yeah. OGO. Right. Um, but like you know, James James had a bunch of stuff and Ricky had stuff and these guys, you know, their families were all traveling with OGO and then all of a sudden you see like Ricky rolling in a Supercross with like one lame Fox bag or something. Yeah. And uh, but but we didn't have much, and I really kind of made sure on the management side of OGO, they were always coming the owner Mike is like an awesome guy and he's mm-hmm. very, very creative and always coming up with crazy stuff. And he's like, Oh, I want to make jerseys, I want to make gloves and I'm like, Look, right now <laughs> we're about as non compete as we can be. Yeah. And we have, you know, Thor's top guys, like, you know, your your M C and mm-hmm. your Langston and those guys back in the day that are running OGO stickers, they're running OGO bags, they're running there we're using them in ads. The second you make a glove or yeah. or a jersey, all of a sudden we're a full competitor and that'll all go away. Yep. And very smart so of you. Yeah. I really so. kind of made sure to keep us out of being a competitor of anyone and you know, even though everyone had bags at that point, no one really thought of it as a big money maker, I don't think. Yep. And I think we kinda of, people started realizing when when they saw well OGO was doing with them that Hey, maybe this maybe this is a piece of the market that we shouldn't be ignoring. Yeah, the um, and and I and I would make the case the argument. I've traveled, you know, I've been doing it since 1996, and uh, flying and driving and riding and racing myself forever. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind the OGO backpacks and bags, gear bags, made the other companies step up and actually make decent bags because their bags they, they were pretty crappy. Sure. Their bags were pretty yeah. crappy for a long time. Everybody's. Yeah, hey, you know. everyone's were they they were terrible, but um, yeah, everyone had to step up, so, and um, yeah. So somewhere along the line, you met Travis Pastrana. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Where? I How? Did. When? Um, An athlete? You a know bag, what? It's a, it's a pretty crazy story, um, and I think it was 1998, 
and um, it was they were filming Terraformer Six, I think, if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Travis, Chris Rourke, and Mike Sinkmars were up, and they ended up. I, I have no idea how. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up at a track, my local track, which was like I don't know, 40 minutes away in Summerland, BC, which is the middle of nowhere. Oh, I was thinking Utah. You're talking Canada. Okay, yeah, no, I'm yeah. talking Canada, right. like nowhere. This is right. like nowhereville. I mean, I, I don't right. know if there's 5,000 people who live in Summerland. Where is it and, um, in BC? Where is it in it, BC? It's just um, just south. Uh, it's like 40 minutes south of Kelowna, 30 minutes south of oh, Kelowna. So close to the border a little bit. It, it's yeah, it, yeah. It's uh, it's about an hour north of the border. Anyway, okay. somehow they ended up there. Yep. And I guess they had called ahead and said, hey, we need you to build, to the promoter of the track, and they're like, hey, we need you to build a jump that is bigger than anybody has ever seen in your area, (laughs) and bigger than any one of your local guys would even think of jumping. Yeah. And the guy's name is Robin Gibbs. He was a friend of mine at the time. Oh, I love his music. um, I love his music. It's good. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And he, anyway, he goes, um, he's like, well, we got a couple pretty good locals that, pretty much jump big stuff, and they're like, well, build it bigger. Yeah. So they built this monster jump. It's like, a, I don't know, like about a 120-foot double that had like a 14-foot tall takeoff and like, honestly, a 4-foot tall landing. Because that's <laughs> right the way the stuff was built, right. you know, in the 90s. It was like none of this stuff now. And so anyway, I didn't know any of this, and the jump sat there for a week. Travis, Chris, um, Rory, there and that was right when Sync Mars was doing all the MTV stuff yep. and like jumping these gaps and and finally like, kept messing with the lip and all this stuff and finally Robin's like, Do you want me to call someone that'll jump this for you? <laughs> and they're like, Oh why well, well, you know, no one said and so he calls me. I didn't own a bike at the time because I just shattered my leg like six months before racing. The last the last national ever I don't know if you remember this. It's how awesome racing in Canada was back in the day. They canceled the entire national series in 97 because it was raining out east or something. Yeah. And they decided they were going to have the entire national series in one day. One day, yeah. At Agassiz. Yep. And so you had to ride three 30-minute motos per class. And back in those days, you had to ride, ride 125 and 250 mm-hmm. in order to get a good national number. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the craziest thing. And... So you'd basically race a 35-minute moto, get off my bike, grab my 250, grab a glass of water, wipe my goggles off, run to the line for the start of my 250 moto, and then back and forth all day. <laughs> yeah, right. Six 630-plus-minute motos. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. But anyway, the last moto, seriously, like probably second-last lap, I cased something all weird and, and exploded my ankle, exploded my Achilles tendon and all this stuff, so... That was kind of the end of my racing career. And so when Travis and all these guys came up, I had no bike. But Robin calls. He's like, hey, these pussies, I've had to jump for a week, and no one will hit it. He's like, can you come hit it? I'm like, oh, sure. Uh, no problem. So I like go borrow a bike from Valley Motorsport and run down there. It was actually my old bike, I think, possibly. Yeah. And um, Right off the couch. And I'll jump it. Yeah, basically. Right, right. I, I think I still had jeans. I don't even know if I had gear at the time. I had, like, jeans and boots or something. And, and I, like, go down there. and like, oh, hey, hey, what's up? Yeah. Oh, this jump? Okay. And I, like, looked at it for, I don't know, two minutes, and then, like, went and hit it and just buttered it perfectly. <laughs> like, hit it, yep. like, big boner air all the way through, but then, like, landed perfectly, right, rode away. Hit it, like, 
four more times. And then um, I think Regan Sieg, actually, my buddy, came with me, and he hit it a couple times after me. And then I led Travis over it. Travis was like, well, let me follow you. He was on a 125, and yeah. so I hit it, and he hits it right behind me and over jumps about like 30 feet, explodes <laughs> his wheel, like, yeah, you yeah. know, almost dies. <laughs> and then and then I was like, okay, i got to go back to work or whatever. And so I left, and then Travis had got my number. He called me like that night. He's like, hey, that, that was really cool. Like, you, you know, did you, are there any other jumps around here? You know, could you show me? Like, could you come down and show us? And so I ended up going back the next day, taking him around, and then, I know, somehow after that, yeah. we stayed friends for – you know, whatever, right. 14 years, whatever the hell it's been. Wow, that's that's a cool story. Years. That's a cool yeah, it's story. pretty, it's hey, pretty funny. Th- I mean, he was like, I think he was 14. We're, we, can't, oh, we can't jump this. Get the goon. Get the local goon. Call him yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. I mean, it was hilarious. The jump was huge. Right, right. I think it's in Terra Firma 6. But, oh, and, right. and then one of the other funny pieces of that story is, you know, Travis was super you know, dorky right. and like very unworldly back in those days. Mm-hmm. Let's call it that. And so the guys asked me where they should stay in Kelowna. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, the Grand Okanagan or or this, you know, I gave them like two or three nice hotels. Well, they end up going to this place called the Willow Inn, which was the local strip club. (laughs) And it had a hotel, it had a, it had a hotel at, I have no idea how they found this place. Yeah. And anyway, but the TVs in the hotel, I mean, I didn't know this because I've never stayed there, but they... The hotel, the TV had like a live closed circuit link to downstairs. So you turn on the TV and it's a strip nice. club on the TV. Nice. It is Travis, this dorky fourteen-year-old kid, seeing his first set of boobs, probably. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Willow, amazing. The Willow Inn. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show, brought to you by BTOSports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. Rex Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM Race Team and the heart of the BTO Sports Amateur Motocross Team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. 
As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Yeah, okay, so I didn't even know you guys went that far back. So the whole the whole time you're working at OGO, you're helping them, you're friends with them. Uh Greg Godfrey's up in that area too. When does yeah. the night when does the nitro thing start? Uh where the band of merry uh, idiots and I don't, I use I use that in an, in an affectionate yeah. term. Um are you in that group that starts it? Are you like how does yeah. that whole thing and you're yeah, still man. working at OGO? Yeah, basically, Godfrey was one of my best friends, and this was from, like, I probably met him, and I met him in 99, and then we just clicked right away, mm-hmm. and then I worked on a couple of his first movies, with, like Children of Metal Godfrey, yep. and then um, um, then Global Addiction he did, and that's when I broke my leg the second time. Okay, yeah. And then, um, you know, it was right around the time when the backflip was coming out, and Travis just had all this rowdiness going on at his house and then we were doing all this rowdy stuff and so travis started filming you know i think god we sent him a camera and he was recording all this stuff and then um we were getting together and doing ridiculous stuff and and the next you know godfrey was doing a yearly dvd mm-hmm. um and then so it was like basically a, what should we call this next year's dvd and he came up with nitro circus and all of us were like that is the stupidest name. (laughs) I'm like, I will not be part of something called Nitro Circus, you idiot. Like, that's dumb. Screw you. And he stuck to it and and he's like, no, I'm calling it Nitro Circus. Mm -hmm. This is the name of the DVD. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of stuck. And then all of a sudden, you know, we found Roner and Jolene and and Jim and Street Bike Tommy and everyone just kind of like, all of a sudden, like, wow, this is, something is happening here. No one really ever knew Mm-hmm. And there was never any, any plan like, hey, we're going to do a big TV show. Yeah, or we were not, just right. doing, we were doing what we were doing and it was getting captured. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to film this thing and it's going to be awesome. Right. Three quarters of the cool shit we ever did never made it to film because we didn't care about waiting for it to get filmed. To get we were doing up. it right, because right. we wanted to do something ridiculous, not because we wanted to be famous or on TV or, you know, make a paycheck that didn't exist or, you know, whatever. It was all kind of Travis's compound, right? While he's trying to race competitively, while he's trying to like train and race and ride and all that. Yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff was happening at Travis's. And then when we were outside of there, you know, in Utah, we had like all these other Mm -hmm. random places where we would just, you know, and we just get together and all of us are mildly competitive in our own way. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, Oh, I bet you can't do this. And then they would be like, by the time it made it through all of us, it had got so elevated that it was ridiculous. <laughs> Were you surprised? I, I, I mean, looking back, um, and I don't know Travis nearly as well as you do, besides like, hey, and I've talked, interviewed him a few times and had him do one of these also. I'm surprised that Travis was ever able to actually pull off a national championship. He just... I'm not. No? I'm not. Okay. If, if you know Travis, is a crazy thing, too. But the perception of Travis... And who Travis is 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 very different. Not in the like happy, right. like nicest dude. No, ever, that's the way he really is. That's the way he really is. That that is the way he is. But 
he is a cha- like we talked about earlier. He's a champion, and he is the most single-minded competitor that I know. I mean, that's why he's been successful. He would have won championships in in motocross too if his body would have held out. Well, no, he did. He you won know, the one five championship. He won the one twenty-five. Yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. right. He, and he won one twenty. The outdoor and, and supercross. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I meant in in two fifty. Like, he just right. couldn't. He's a very single-minded competitor, and he puts in so much more work than anybody will ever know. It's crazy. I and just he thought that hours of tape and hours right. of, and he pushes his body when he trains further than, I mean, anyone I've really met. I mean, he's a gnarly, gnarly dude. He just, you know, his body kind of let him down in the, in the supercross and motocross stuff. Well, I always just thought the reason I said that is uh, he's so talented and, and one of the funniest, one of the moments I'll have till I die probably is Daytona. There was all those chuck holes in the ground from the backhoe. And he's yeah. wheeling them, standing up, looking at his Leroy, his mechanic, and wheeling through these things. And like you could see, I was just blown away. I'm like, this guy is so gnarly. But I meant it. I meant it from a um, a distraction point of view with the foam pits and the you know he eh, does he want to train? Does he want to do the motos? That's what I meant. Yeah. I'm amazed that yeah, no, know, I, I I I totally get it. And the thing is that no one saw, right. or not too many people saw, was before the foam pit before yeah, yeah. he was out there, he was in the gym for three hours getting up at 5 a.m. and putting in the time. Yep. And then he was doing the yeah, foam okay, pit. Okay. Yeah. And then like, even when I remember being at like doing that, we did that Weston beach race. I mm-hmm. brought him over to that like eight years ago or something. And, and you know, everyone's like, what's he doing? The nationals are coming up soon or whatever, you know, our supercross season is coming up, but he was over there, you know, in the gym for three hours before we would go do anything. Right, right, right. You know, so he always put in the time, but people only saw the distractions. Yeah. Man, was he talented, sure. though, like in a supercross. It, it, like, you could watch oh, him, and, for sure. and you're just like, look at this kid. He's wheelie tap, pull a wheelie, drop his front end down, uh, pull it back yeah. up. It's just phenomenal rider. He was, he was amazing. And trust me, I would be throwing his ass under the bus really hard, if they, <laughs> and I will if, if something comes up that I can throw him under the bus right, for. But right, right. this is, like, I'm not like, oh, yeah. he's my friend, shut up. Like, he... I, I will ruin him if you ask me the right question, but on training and the yeah. focus and stuff, he he had. I mean, he had it so yeah. much more than anybody realizes. So, in in a way, what you're saying is his career in moto should have been so much better, so much more um, it, with it, the work he put it, in. It right, right. Um, but that one knee injury, really, the one like two weeks before Anaheim when he crashed at Castillo Ranch and then they step up. I mean, that yeah. really kind of was. That basically was the real career ender. Yeah, yeah. That, he kept that, trying that to come back. And, yeah, he kept trying to come back, and then man, he was sick for a while too. He just pulled off uh, Daytona or whatever, you know. Just yeah, one thing yeah, after we another. Had, well, he had Parvo. Did he really like the dogs? Yeah, the dog. Yeah, like dog. It's like it's some type of form like Ep- Epstein Barr, right? Right. Which, which I will say, I always kind of thought. Epstein Barr was one of those like made up things. diseases that totally. I really did that. Like if Josh Hansen didn't want to finish the year and he was over <laughs> it, he's like, "Oh, I got Epstein Barr." Yeah, I had it. I got it two years ago. Yeah, and I from when I I fought, I had a boxing match with Jason Ellis and I oh, trained yeah, gnarly right. hard for a couple months and and like way harder than I I, I trained harder for a celebrity boxing <laughs> match than I'd ever trained in. 15 years of riding a motorcycle professionally, <laughs> but I ended up getting, and then I had surgery right after that. And I ended up getting Epstein bar. Wow. 
and it was the gnarliest thing ever. I had three months, and I'm you know me, I'm a pretty yeah. high energy guy that yeah. you know loves it. I'm always out doing something, or you know I never sit around. I had the hardest time even getting out of bed for three months. <laughs> it I, I would sleep fourteen hours. I'd get out of bed, make it downstairs, and need a nap already. Yeah. No, uh, it was it was crazy. Yeah, no. Red Dog had it in '03, and he trains his ass off, and he used to come back after a seven or eight lap heat race, and he'd be red in the face and breathing and like just laying there. And I'm like, dude, it's only eight laps, you know, and you got fifth or whatever. Like, I could see yeah. that it was something's up with him, you know. So I do it, tell, it, I do it's tell the worst story. thing I've ever experienced, dude. I I was I was blown away. I mean, it served me right for kind of making fun of it before, but <laughs> right. I know what it is now. Hey, um, uh, okay, so at some point, you're at OGO, you're killing it, um, you're doing a great job there, but you're doing more and more nitro, more and more filming. Do you leave OGO to do the nitro? Do you, how does that, how does that happen? Well, I guess, I, I guess the, I mean, the real easy version is, you know, the first season of nitro, we got picked up, it just got, it kind of just happened real fast, and, you know, I was a VP at OGO, and you know, I had a pretty big position, and so we were filming, and I still remember this to this day. We'd be at, like, Travis's house filming the first episode, and I would have my laptop out, be sitting in his garage, writing, like, corporate emails, and then they'd be like, Bell, we need you to come back with this lawnmower. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, and right. I'd, like, put down my laptop. I'd run out and jump on whatever the hell it was. I need to back yeah. with a lawnmower or a friggin' right. street bike or whatever. I'd do it. And then I'd go back in and be like, as I was saying, Mr., you know, like back to corporate guy. And I did that through the whole, you know, two seasons of filming Nitro. And it just got to the point, I was like, God, this is, I mean, it's way too much. I was up like all night working and everyone else, is, you know, it's, yeah. it's just really, it got to be too much. Nice of uh, I also Ojo. Was, nice of Ojo to let you do all that though, too. It, it was yeah. really cool for them to let me do it. I mean, but I was still getting everything done, Right. but I was also starting to feel bad that I wasn't getting the FaceTime of the office that right. I feel like a VP of a big company should have. <laughs> right. So I just, um, I just said, you know, I'll, I'll back out of this role. And it was about the time that everyone was starting to get real hurt for money Mm-hmm. And so budgets were getting slashed. I was like, "Look, you don't have to pay me a bunch of money to tell people we don't have money to do stuff. Money, <laughs> you cut out my salary, then you tell them we don't have money, and then you know, because at that point, Ojo was hurting. Everyone was hurting. Yeah. It was 08. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I just said I, I basically just quit and said, you know, I'll help in any way I can if you ever need help. And then, um, so it was, yeah, a, it, was a, just, it was a good ending. They were cool. You oh were, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I it was amazing. They're amazing company. Everyone there was so great to work with. I learned so much. Right. I have nothing bad to say about anyone there. Um, so the nitro thing starts taking off, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna try this for a little while. Well, and, yeah, you don't get opportunities yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, MTV, all, all this stuff, traveling around doing this cool stuff. You don't get those opportunities, so it would have been. Mm-hmm. Crazy to let it pass by. Two seasons on MTV, or more than that? Yeah, yeah. yeah we just got. We had two seasons. Um, how did the? How did the? Sorry. Um, how did the Knoxville um, thing come in? Like they basically saw you guys and vouched for you to MTV. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, I mean. But with that comes a piece of the company. <laughs> Knoxville and Tremaine basically saw one of our DVDs somewhere. Okay. I think it might have been playing on 
on Fuel TV in a bar or something, and right. they're like, hey, these dudes are gnarly. Mm-hmm. We want to do something with them. And then we did something at um, the Matt Hoffman tribute to Evil Knievel, I don't know, six, seven years ago, whatever that was. We mm-hmm. did something, and, and they were out there, and everyone just, that's when Knoxville broke his um, PP. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, trying to backflip the dirt bike, and then they're like, hey, we want to do something with you guys. So they're the reason they go to MTV and say, "Look, we got another thing we want to do that's gnarlier than yeah. Jackass." Yeah. Otherwise, you guys never yeah. get in the door, I guess, right? You never get. Never. A Godfrey right. had been trying to get in the door for three years, okay, and he couldn't even get it in the door. Right. But, you know, Knoxville and Tremaine definitely have some clout, so right, right. So, um, okay. They they walked us in, and you know, the rest is history. We had, I think, we're the second highest rated on a show on MTV. Right. Through those two seasons that we did, but yeah, nobody gets paid. It's the same old. St- I mean, that happens. Yeah, all, well, all the it's, time. it's yep. unscripted reality. Right, it's the same. Right. It's the same as you know when they started off with like Jersey Shore. Those right. guys were doing it for five hundred. I mean, they started like five, eight hundred bucks an episode. Yeah. Now after seven seasons, they were making huge bucks because right. they were able to do the friend thing and stand and yeah. say, "No, we demand more." And but we never really got to that point with MTV because we only did two seasons. They didn't want you back for a third, or what was the? Do you know what the deal? You know, was? I don't know if anyone's ever going to know the real deal. There's some crazy stuff going on between oh, okay. Red Bull and MTV. Um, you know, as advertisers and MTV was pissed that Red Bull was getting all this free coverage, and oh, and Red okay. Bull's like, "Well, screw you. We're getting free coverage. Why do we need to buy ads?" Like, oh, I don't know. There's yeah, a whole yeah, yeah. there's right. a whole there's layer a... of stuff that yeah. I don't actually even that no one really knows the full reason, but in the end, um, we didn't do a third season. Yeah, and, but, but despite good ratings, despite great ratings. Despite, despite great ratings. I, I don't, yeah, weird. It's, yeah, it was really kind of weird. There was definitely some weird stuff going on that was just, you know, in closed-door stuff that none of us had yeah. access to, but I've asked everybody, and no one can actually yeah. find exactly what it was. I think the jackass guys have sort of got to your point. They're all older. You know, one of them yeah. died. One of them died in a car wreck. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they got to. The, I think they're at your point where they're like, man, it's it's just it's, it's too much. We're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at least those guys. I mean, they did three movies that right. that grossed like almost what three hundred fifty yeah. million dollars between the Good between point. the three movies. So they actually did get decent payday. They they got decent payday. You uh, you weren't no, in the they're... movie, or were you in the movie, the Nitro movie? Um, I did not do the Nitro yeah, movie okay. for the exact for that. That's about the you know when I kind of walked away. It just I was gonna say, it didn't yeah. make sense. It, it just yeah. it did. They want us to do it for next to nothing, and I'm like, you know what? I'd rather hang out well, with my wife and daughter than kill myself for <laughs> no money. Well, hey, it didn't <laughs> it, did, it didn't do that well? Maybe it was missing Andy Bell. Maybe well, that was it. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to conjecture on that. No, point, I, I just I, did. I just did. I did it. <laughs> yeah, you just did. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll let you. I'll let you conjecture on it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know what? I mean, I know everyone's gnarly. Mm-hmm. Travis is gnarly. Jolene's gnarly. Eric, all, all those guys. Yeah. So I know there must be good stuff. I, I know there's probably good stuff in the movie. It just, you know, I think, I think when something I read a review in the LA Times that said something about you can tell when something becomes big business and it loses the spontaneity of where it came from and oh yeah yeah i've i've heard you know yeah kind of heard that so um and leave it uh so you walk away from the nitro thing um 
that had been pretty tough for you. But like you said, you got to yeah, take a stand. You got to do it. One of the toughest. I mean, definitely yeah. probably the toughest thing I've ever done. Um, I mean, it was very. It sucked. They're, they're my best friends. I mean, both on the production side and on the cast side. But you know what? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you know, things have to come to an end. Um, okay, what was the gnarliest thing you did? A stunt you did? Was there one that stands out? Maybe on, for on, for Nitro. Um, or just uh, there, there's there's definitely a few. Um, you know, the jet powered tricycle was pretty gnarly. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the original backflip on the tricycle was pretty gnarly. Just it, it it's crazy. It was so big. We had like I don't remember that. Guys, I don't remember that. I do remember the, the jet first, thing. Okay, well, the first, I mean, the first episode I just because I backflipped a, a tricycle off an eight-foot-tall super kicker 25 feet to dirt <laughs> and landed and rode away. And the jump was so big that we had, like, Drew Bizance in there, this top BMX kid, mm-hmm. who won, like, I think I think he was, like, 2011 BMX Rider of the Year, yeah. 2012, I don't know. So, like, as good as it gets. And he wasn't even doing backflips on his BMX bike over this jump. <laughs> <laughs> and I backflipped the friggin' kid's tricycle over. I mean, it, it was huge. Was it literally and a stock? Travis, was it a stock tricycle? It, Did you guys have to? Figure? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a stock. It was a stock. Um, it was Trek, so it was a decent. Yeah. Um, it was a decent one, but yeah, totally stock and rode out of it, and like that kind of became my signature thing, I guess, because <laughs> of that. But that one, uh, that that stuff was gnarly, and then were you literally you know, the, scared? Are you are you sitting at the top of the ramp scared? Are you like, oh man? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I definitely chugged two Coronas right before I did it because that's the only thing I could get my hands on. And uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty. It was definitely gnarly. And then, you know, I kind of there are so many gnarly things that happened through the show. Yeah. And then I kind of have really tried not to do too much gnarly lately. Just like I said, I'm getting old. Right. But right. For one of the one of the on pace with Pastrana things that we filmed. Yep. Um, last year. Travis and I had both always wanted to do this for Nitro Circus, but MTV wouldn't let us. They're lawyers. Oh, okay. So when I became the production company, I didn't have any lawyers to answer to. Um, I said, hell yeah. So we went to Utah, mm-hmm. found a frozen lake that had four foot thick of ice, and we cut two holes that were 70 feet apart. And him and I dove in in the middle of winter and swam 70 feet underwater, no under way. four feet of ice, hold a hole. Really? And that... That's pretty gnarly. Probably. That that was... Because that one is death if you yes. screw up. Like, yes. most other stuff is, like, you know, broken leg, two broken legs, broken arm, whatever. Concussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one was really... It was really gnarly. Damn. Um, I got to... Yeah, you got to check it out. I think it's... um. It's on pace with Pastrana, season one, episode nine. Jeez. So that was, and uh, I mean, it was yeah. it, it was really gnarly. And but my favorite thing about it is he was so petrified, and I was I wasn't as petrified as him. So I love to rub it in when usually it's him pushing me or everyone else into stupid shit. But yeah. this time it was me kind of because his dad. So basically, his grandfather had done an ice swim, okay, hold a hole. His dad had done an ice swim, hold a hole. But his grandpa and his dad had both gone about six feet under the ice. Yeah. And then I looked something up, and I saw Bear Grylls um, had done one, but he went about 10 feet or 12 feet. Okay, yeah. And so I was like, like you know what, 70 feet. Let's, let's go 70 <laughs> feet. I'm like, I don't want to just beat someone a little bit. I want to smash it and make it gnarly. So, yeah, it was definitely, 
It, got, it was really, really sketchy, and just a pair of speedos. I was going to say, you don't have a wetsuit on? No goggles. For protective speedos. Oh we we wore God. goggles just yeah. to try to figure out where we're going, yeah. but um, yeah, not and, nothing else. Did and you? I mean, there's no there's no way to fake that. It was gnarly. Did you guys pass each other at some point? Yeah, we 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 passed each other in the middle, and the plan was to high five. Yeah. Um, in the middle, but we were both like, screw that, <laughs> screw you. Like seventy feet a long way in oh. icy cold water. No, and you can't breathe as long either with the ice with the with the cold. No, water. it takes um, your it takes your breath away instantly. So no problems though. Like you saw the hole right away. Like no, like yeah, was, yeah. Um, no, you you didn't, and that was a crazy thing. Thank thank goodness my my wife was pregnant at the time, and she's like, you need to get rescue diver. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need a diver. You know, in my mind, it was like we're gonna dive in, and you'd see yeah. this like beautiful blue hole on the other side. It's all gonna be perfect. You just swim along. Mm-hmm. No. The, oh, and I haven't even told you, we had to do it twice. So <laughs> oh, so the first time we did it, there was three feet of visibility underwater. Uh-huh. And it took the diver, we ended up getting an hour to go from one hole to the other because he couldn't find it. Oh, really? It was that bad. So oh, wow. he, he strung a line for us so that we could find, you know, yeah, follow yeah. the line. Yeah. Um, and then anyway, so we do it, and then we yep. went out to do something. That, then we had to fly out the next morning to do the shoot for the intro of his rally car or something. Mm-hmm. So I got my first lesson as an executive producer in owning a production company. The footage never got backed up. Oh. And when we filmed the next day at, uh, for the Dodge thing, it got overwritten. Oh, and come deleted. on. No way. So the entire <laughs> shoot. Sweatpants media, folks. The entire <laughs> shoot was gone. Oh, no. So, so it took me, well, first of all, it took my guys a week to tell me it was gone, and then it took me a week to make a phone call to Travis to tell him we had to do it again. Oh, no way. <laughs> wow. Jeez. So um, then we went back and did it again, um, and, um, which was awesome because Travis hates the cold, and he hates, he, he just hates cold water, like, yep. so much, and so he's a total pussy about it. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So, and I don't mind it that much, maybe because I have more body fat, but... Um, you know, so I could I could kind of razz him about it a lot. Uh, okay, so gnarliest thing you've seen Travis do? Was there some? I mean, that you know, he's done yeah. The, I don't even need to think about that. The backflip rooftop to rooftop, rooftop yeah, I was going to say circus okay. of the of the buildings are just by far the yep. like one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my stomach all morning. Because like, again, up it's there, death. It's thirteen death, yeah. stories tall. The sketchiest setup. The worst setup ever. Um, <laughs> because, no, I mean, these are the things. TV doesn't show this stuff, uh-huh. but the roof was, like, kind of veed in towards the center. Okay. So at, like, probably a five- or six-degree angle. So that ramp ends up being five- or six-degrees steeper than normal. And then the landing on the other side was five- to six-degrees steeper than normal. Yeah, so, right. There was a, there, yeah, there was only a 60-foot run-up to do a 75-foot gap off a super steep takeoff to a super steep landing. The run-up was, like, super slippery and sketchy. Right. We we had all maybe, like, part, we had been out drinking the night before, so I think, you know, maybe a couple of us maybe even slept in the truck. I mean, just, like, I don't I don't know. It just the whole thing overall was pretty, was, was sketchy. Yep. And I was, I mean, I was sick to my stomach watching it. It was, because there were, there were, that's another one that it's death. It's not yep. like, oh, you broke your leg. It's, there's no say, I mean, there's no safety stuff. And, you know, how many guys have we known that blew a hub or blew a chain or blew something on the takeoff yeah. of a triple no. supercross? Or, I mean, it happens. Yep. Yeah. By, and he's riding some 
crappy old. It was like a four-year-old RM250. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. his freestyle bike. Like, it's not like he's running around with a factory mechanic and a brand-new bike. You know, he's <laughs> right, got a four-year-old RM250 that he's doing this on. Jeez. And, uh, and yeah, they real sketchy. Real, real sketchy. Um, but, yeah, so he did it once, just once, or did he do it more? I did it twice. Did it twice, And then we yeah. stopped him. He jumped it once and then backflipped it once, and then we said no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, there was only there was only – 50 or 60 feet to shut down before he would have shot off the far side of the building and fallen 130 feet. Right, right, right. So we were like doing like the aircraft carrier thing. We all kind of stood with a big tie down on the other side. Like just in case got whiskey throttle or something, we could hopefully like tackle him off the bike. I mean, it was, it was really the worst, maybe the worst thing that I've ever watched. It well, was so gnarly. If you're sick to your stomach, then yeah, it's got to be pretty bad. I was really, I was really, it was just like, oh God, this shouldn't. I mean, I was to the point of like, I wanted to say, just screw this. This is stupid. Right, right. <laughs> screw this. This is stupid. Uh, you've come a long way from, from British Columbia. Bell. I know. Isn't that weird? It's, it is. Um, you're on a rooftop. You, bet, you betcha. You're, you're on a rooftop with a tie down, hoping to stop Travis Pastrana. From falling off a roof. I know. Hey, who would have thought? <laughs> um, uh, All those teachers that said I'd amount to nothing. Look at me, <laughs> look at me now with my tie down on a on the American Apparel sweatshop in downtown LA at 110 degrees in the middle of summer. Oh, uh, is that where it was? Is it American Apparel? Yeah, it was okay. American Apparel yeah. Warehouse in downtown LA. Um, uh, so, what's next for you? Just working on your production company, get it, getting this thing going, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's it, honestly. I mean, I just, like like I said, my daughter's 10 months old now. Mm-hmm. It's the most amazing, amazing thing in my life. I just, every day, every second is just so fun. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a dad. I always knew it was going to be awesome, but this is just, like, so beyond yeah. anything I expected. It's, it's so great just watching her learn every day. Um, so my wife and I are having an awesome time with that. Um Trying just working, working super hard. Taking you know, trying to take a little time here and there. Um, yeah. We we actually just the BMW project I just finished um, debuted with the motorcycle over in Lake Como a couple weeks ago in Italy. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I went over there and then rented big BMW touring bikes and toured around Italy and Switzerland for four days um, with my buddy Roland Sands and his wife, mm-hmm. and that was. Amazing. Yeah, you know? pretty cool, I it's, imagine. It's, it's so cool. So, you know, trying to do the odd little thing like that and doing lots of stuff. I'm still doing all the TV stuff for Red Bull X Fighters, so yeah. I get to go watch amazing freestyle competitions around the world. And Are you being um, a daddy? you doing anything with Travis and Nationwide Racing at all? or, or is um, it like... We're, you know, we're filming the on-pace stuff, yep. the web series for, you know, some of that. And um, I just talked to him yesterday. We're going to try and get out to a race just to hang out and watch because... You know, his wife, Lindsay's pregnant, so they're going to be having a baby in mm-hmm. a couple months here, which is awesome, but he's he's super stoked on that. And um, so we're not doing a, not doing too much work-wise with it other with than a bit of filming. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we're just – he sent me an email yesterday, but, like, I can't believe that pretty soon we're going to be sitting there and telling our daughters how – Cool, we used to be, and and they'll <laughs> right. be like, yeah, yeah, Dad, I'm right. sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. sure you used to be able to walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now get in your walker and come here. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, not, I mean, every, everything's awesome, and just focusing on the production stuff. So you, um, I don't see you much what? around the supercrosses or motocrosses. Obviously, that's that's what I do no. now. Um, but uh, yeah, 
and that's your roots, you know, but I'm, you just don't get around to it much? I just, it, it's tough. I, you know, I'm just so busy. My work isn't too much within the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to keep up with my friends and, um, you know, it's nice to come. I think I came to Anaheim one. It's nice to kind of walk around and it's crazy. I forget how many people I, I know there. It's so rad to see like the mechanics and the truck drivers right. and the guys that, you know, I was pretty good friends with for so many years of being there. And now yep. I just don't see them because I don't go. Yep. But, um, you know, I love, I mean, I'm a motocross racer at heart. And so I, I keep up the best of my ability with, with everyone and, and the results and who's doing what. And, you know, I, I sneak out to them when I can. And, yep. Yep. you know, like I said earlier, it's pretty crazy to watch these guys, that, you know, or just little kids on 60s and 80s when I sponsored them, like the, the Millsapses and the Villapotos and Alessis and all these guys to be like, you know, the heroes now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, you what know, it's, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. You know, it's just like, it, 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 it's fun. And, um, but yeah, I'll always be a motor. I'm a motor guy at heart, which is, you know, right. it's where I came from. It's you, where I'll always be. I may not be around all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely in my blood. Do you ride moto much anymore? <sighs> no, nothing. It's, it's crazy. I rode in the last two years. I've ridden, I think, three or four times oh, that's um, yeah, yeah. Two, two, two of the times actually two of the times were this that fms baja bonanza yep um doing going down to to ball with like cameron Steele and travis clark and the whole right. crew and you know we ride 500 miles in three days it's, it's so fun i love it yeah i just don't have time i just don't seem to have time anymore to to get out to the track yeah load you know, up I, and go out and i you know, I, in all honesty, I don't even own a dirt bike right now. So piles and hammer time it, would be disgusted with you right now. I know, isn't it? Isn't it terrible? Yeah, it's it, it's it's crazy that I've had a motorcycle since I was twelve and mm-hmm. had you know thirty or forty bikes, and now I don't even have one. How's, ha- got, how's hammer time getting passes to the races if you're not around? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. I think I might. I think I might have. Um, Begged a couple for him this year. Oh, okay. Someone, I think. Yeah, I think Jandro hooked it up for me this year. Right, right. You know, I, I, I still have the feelers out here and there, but. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I saw you did the Toyota Celebrity uh, Grand Prix race. Yeah, yeah, that was super fun. Um, God, what a what a blast! You know, unfortunately, I had the damn thing won. I was pretty much going over my victory speech in my head, <laughs> and then um, I got tangled up with a lapper and hit a wall. Oh, <laughs> like I let it, let it for five or six laps and, right. and just, you know, was killing it. Adam Carolla was like, I don't know, like eight seconds behind me. I had, I had it dialed and then I just, See, you I, know, I listen to, for a sec. I listen to Carolla's podcast. Um, not, oh, all, right. not all the time, but a lot. And, uh, he failed to mention that he did talk yeah. about you. He did talk about you and how you were a good guy and you guys were hanging out and talking about strategies and all that, but he did not mention that you were winning at any point, and you went into a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. No, Adam's awesome. I went up and I did his car cast a few weeks ago, and he was actually a really cool guy. He's really into racing, and he's yeah. quite good. He kept he kept um, saying like it's funny because like obviously I, I know you well, and um, he kept talking to you about like and there's this Andy Bell guy. I mean, he's crazy. He's a daredevil. He's crazy. He's one of those guys that flips bikes, and I'm just like, he kept like. If I didn't know you, I'm like, I would have been like really impressed. 
with the way he was yeah, breaking good. you down. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty impressed. I don't know why. Obviously, oh, he just kept going on about how you were in our, our industry because I'm not that exciting. But uh, yeah, it was pretty. He what he was most stoked about with me was my Guinness Book World Record for the world's longest nose. He was just like he couldn't wrap his head around. <laughs> he, he was just like going back to that one thing. Out of all the things I've done in my life, right, right. He kept going back to that to that one world record, and he's like, I just don't get it. Like, like he must ask me about it fifty times. You just grab the brake and it. <laughs> yeah, just like oh, I don't know, I just shut my eyes and go. I can't like, pull the brake. Right, know? right. Yeah, he he was pumping <laughs> you up, and and actually, the, the, I think. No, I'd scheduled one of these with you before then, but that sort of jolted my memory. Like, hey, I got to get back with Andy and find out when he's yeah. back in Italy. But uh, no, well, I feel I, I feel pretty honored. You know, I never I never made it up into the cool guy. Like, you know that what is it? The back of Racer X, like the five minutes with or whatever it is. You know, I never I never got that honor. I was never cool enough. So, yeah, you know, yeah. the math is podcast way better. Right? Yeah, fantastic. No, I agree. I agree. Way, screw, way better. I'm, I'm big time now. Oh yeah, you know it, um, Andy <laughs> Bell. Thank you for doing this. Sweatpants Media dot com people check it yeah, out check, if check it out i i appreciate it and all my stuff all my social media is just twitter and instagram at, at andy bell and then yeah. and facebook is nitro circus andy bell you can find me and keep up with whatever the hell i'm doing what you're doing yeah absolutely whatever no. escapades are happening which a lot of the times might be just changing pooper di- poopy diapers <laughs> and and typing emails yeah yeah right exactly right <laughs> the, 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 the 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 backflipping of tricycles has, has stopped it, it definitely has, I hope. Play, play uh, taps for that, because that's over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by uh, Lou Lopez at Thor MX, of course. Uh, we know Sweet Lou. And, uh, Sweet Lou. Yeah. I miss that guy. He gives me money for this thing. Wow. You know what? I miss a lot of people in the industry. I need to make a tour and, and, and come have a bunch of beers with everybody, because there's a lot of people that I'm like, right. oh, God, I haven't even heard Lou's name in like a year or two, and... So, yeah, i got to follow up with a lot of people. Yes. A lot of good people no. in our industry. Somebody asked me if you were dead a few months back. Yeah, I, I know. People were like, hey, remember when you used to give us bags and stuff? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> people still call me. Oh. Actually, still to this day, people are like, hey, bro, can you <laughs> give me an OGO bag? I'm like, I haven't worked there in like five years. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Call Chad Zulian. He's now the new OGO yeah. guy. Oh, and trust me, I, I I just throw Zulian under the bus. I'm like, yeah, it's czulian at ogo.com. Yeah, right. he's got lots of budget. I wonder. Um, I always knew that OGO was making lots of money because the amount of bags they gave out, like sweet Jesus, well, you know. Yeah, but 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 uh, but you got to remember, we weren't spending anything else. It was only product. We weren't running ads. We weren't paying athletes. I mean, it was oh, like yeah. Yeah. it was only bags. So that's where the money was coming from for oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, that was a strategy. The, the, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a strategy. Have have everybody run this stuff. <laughs> well, I think it worked out. Uh, Andy Bell, <laughs> thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Great stories, um, and good luck with everything. I know I don't know when I'll see you next. I never do, but it will be probably at a race at some point. So probably. Well, I hope to. Yeah, I appreciate it, Steve. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.